We take a single episode of a science fiction TV series and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. This is the Fusion Patrol Podcast. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm your Irish cowboy from Dallas, <laughs> Ben O'Reilly. <laughs> and and <laughs> tonight we're looking at the Space 1999 episode, All That Glisters. 565 days since leaving Earth, a planet is moving across Alpha's path. They detect melganite, an important mineral that they need to collect. The entirety of the important members of the crew travel to the planet for a three-hour tour. A three-hour tour. They discover a rock that looks like melganite, glows like melganite, Presumably sounds and smells like melganite, but isn't melganite. After cutting a piece of the rock off and returning to the eagle, it kills Tony. The mystery deepens when zombie Tony goes to collect more samples of the rock, and then the rock tries to take off in the eagle, stranding our castaways. But it doesn't because not all of the rock is on board the eagle. Yet. Maya transforms into a rock and tries to talk to the other rock, unsuccessfully, as apparently it's a lot like talking to a rock. They try to stun Tony on another one of his trips, but he disappears completely and then rematerializes back on the eagle. Now alive and free of the rock, Koenig figures out what happened. The rock duped the Alphans into coming to the planet, so that it could catch a lift somewhere with water. Maya reprograms a laser to dehydrate rocks, but she feels bad about it. Bloodthirsty Koenig doesn't, though. And then Dave... Oh, did I forget to mention Dave? Dave, the Irish cowboy? He He's on the planet, too. Dave decides to try to attack the rock, but it fails, and he's taken over like Tony was. So Maya transforms back into a rock and fools the real rock creature, which apparently cannot recognize parts of itself. Taken back to the eagle, the rock tries to merge with Maya. I told you Maya sounds like she might be a lot of fun on a date. And her resistance gives enough time for Koenig to dry out the rock. They leave... Just in the nick of time, and as they go, they make it rain as a consolation prize to the dying rock, which has now had its slow, lingering death by lack of water prolonged for just a little while longer. And so that was all that glisters. I uh, I will say, just, I watched this with my 12-year-old James, and... um he had a comment after he watched the episode. His exact comment was, that was a stupid episode. Oh, gee, that's how I finished off my comment. <laughs> yeah, I wrote, that's, I wrote that, too, on my, my notes. It was just a rock. It was just like, okay. Well, you know, when watching this, you know, I, I was I, I, thinking about it and and trying to, try, trying to, you know, come up with you know what am i taking away from this you know <laughs> I and and i know that things, some but... people would say you know well you know we, we could take away the fact that okay maybe this isn't one of these really super trippy kind of kind of episodes that we used to got in series one you know now they're trying to do something oh you know maybe maybe they're trying to do something kind of star trekky you know you know maybe that's someone else's takeaway you know you know something like the horde or something and but my takeaway is I got a rock. Yeah. <laughs> My takeaway was that they were outsmarted by a rock for the most part. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I appreciate that you said that because I use that phrase all the time. I got a rock and like nobody knows what that comes from anymore. Oh, well, because, you know, and I, I hate to be ugly, but you and I are old. That's true. <clears throat> Pathetically That's true. So, sad. I know. If you don't know what I got a rock means. Google then it. you have not had a proper childhood. Google it. That's all yeah. I got to say is Google it. 
There were, however, certainly some things to talk about in this episode. <laughs> uh, oh, without question. I am. Um, I mean, what the heck do they? So we have a plan. First off, a planet crossing our path, moving Again? across, our path. not crossing our path, moving across our path. Okay, small planet moving across our path. To me, that implies that the planet's moving. Yeah, yeah, it does. So they're gonna outfit a special eagle. Which she says they did. They outfitted a special eagle for I'm not sure why. Okay, they didn't explain why they'd outfitted a special eagle or indeed why they had so many supplies on this eagle. That's a good question. But to fly to a planet where when they get there, they're going to have exactly three hours to get what they need, get off, and get back to Alpha. Now... I realize that Koenig is a hands-on kind of guy, but do you really want to send your commander, chief medical officer, main eagle pilot, head of security, chief science officer, and one Irish cowboy? Just to retrieve Melganite. Some mineral oil from a dead planet. It's like, do you not have a team of geologists? Remember in season one when they would have like a team of – I know Koenig always like to stick his nose into everything because contractually – He's micromanaging. But wow. This is like you put all your eggs in one basket, send them off to this planet, and then you guys get dead. What does Alpha do? And I'll tell you what Alpha does. Probably functions a hell of a lot better without Koenig or Dr. Russell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that one, that one actually, this is the worst of the bunch. I've seen the ones where uh, Koenig and Maya go, or Maya and Tony go, or yeah. But everybody who, I mean, you're, I mean, Tony is ostensibly he's he's first officer. Yeah, and and for why? Yeah, well, be that as it may, what, what function did he serve on this mission? I uh, uh, a zombie. The geologist I get. Right? Someone to keep, yeah, someone to keep Riley in check. Maya? I can kind of get that. She's. I can kind of like get clever. her. Yeah, 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 the, the yeah. And Eagle uh, Dave, sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, I, uh, I, I, you know, to be honest, I can't see why you would send um, Dr. Russell. No, unless Melganite has something to do with the life support systems, which apparently she's now in charge of. Oh, wow. Have you noticed that this year she's in charge of life support? Yeah, because every time we see her and that her that face too. needs life support, let's be honest. Um, but every time we see her in the opening credits, she's coming out of the life support system. But, but she is has had more bits about uh, just dealing she's with the life the support systems. She's the know-it-all. Yeah. yeah. She's like the know-it-all for the life support. for it. Yeah. Um, so... She's in charge of medical and life support now, which I guess, you know, I guess kind of related, sort of, but not. Kind of, sort of, maybe. If Especially we when they're really... running out of staff. Yeah, well. But this would have been a great time. You know, I don't know. If they just wanted a medical officer, say, send Matthias. Who? And then Alpha would be without a doctor. Oh, that's true. We can't have that. Yeah. Because all Dr. Russell does is just stand there and look frozen. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> you did. You totally yes, did. I did. You I, did. I, yes, did. I did. I did mean so. to say that. <laughs> but not really. But yeah, I kind of did. Um, let's see. I'll go through some of this stuff. Um, you got any particular ones you want to pull out? Um, oh, my God. Um, well, the, uh, I, uh, Riley. Is his last I name mean, Riley? I mean, he, he was – this guy was just a hoot and a holler. I was halfway through the episode before I figured out what his name was when Koenig called him Dave. And honestly, when Koenig called him Dave, I thought, now I wonder if that's the actor's name. <laughs> the only reason I knew he was Dave Riley is because I – when I was taking notes, uh, I've got um, – uh, I, I, I have IMDb up. Ah, he's Irish so, cowboy to me. Yeah, well, the Irish Romeo, as I think that's what Tony referred to him as. Yeah, well, Tony's a little bit on the jealous side. But he'd never admit it. No, 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 not with that 
strange alien woman. No, he would transform into any woman you could imagine. Or yeah, or man, or anything else that you anything else that floats your boat. I've always kind of liked badgers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> I had a um, Tony struck pay dirt there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. You're going to go down that route. Maya, I have a thing for fish. Uh, How about a big red snapper? Oh, oh, oh I, 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 I might have to clip that. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Uh, I'm talking about a fish. What you do you are want? I'm talking about a fish. I agree. It's completely. Uh, <laughs> and uh, well, this is just <laughs> well, it's better than the episode. So I mean, I I love the fact that Koenig does, you know, the thing that you must never do in this episode. It'll be a piece of cake. There's nothing down there to give us any trouble. Any trouble? Oh, never say that! Wow. That's just I mean, like the a, moment that comes out of his mouth is like, okay, well, now they're all dead. Um, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. So, um, but I'm you know, the thing that, but, but really gets me is it's, it, it was really Riley, uh, in all seriousness. I mean, aside from the fact that he was just being ridiculously flirtatious with Maya, who was rebuking him at every turn. Good for her. Um, his behavior regarding this this rock was uh, beyond reasonable. I mean, when you when you have to realize that it's either the survival of your party or getting this rock, because it it started to become pretty clear fairly early on that this is going to be an either or situation, and Riley is just thick as a brick, and he wants to have his rock and eat it too. I'm gonna I'm gonna vaguely vaguely defend Riley. <gasps> I am. He's the only person on this as- assignment with a job to do. He's the only person apart from Alan that they sent down there with a job to do. Alan, get the geologist down there. Geologist, do geology. Come back to Alpha. Right? Everybody else is superfluous to, to requirements here. True. So... For starters, the reason that people are in jeopardy is because Koenig sent a whole damn bridge crew down on this assignment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that part, you know, I mean, he could have just sent Maya. I'm sure she could have done the geology stuff without without him, too, so we don't even need the extra guy. Um, so, yeah, he's got a job to do. He actually has a job to do. He's probably been sitting on Alpha, twiddling his thumbs for the last... 565 days with absolutely nothing to do and they send him down a job and said we need melganite and Woo-hoo! he's I got like something to do. not only do i have something to do but it's important and we need melganite and here's my chance to make sure they keep feeding me when the supplies start running low right right and and i don't have to keep looking at moon rocks right so and then if he is a geologist, which presumably he is, he's probably fascinated by the phenomena. So in a way, I can kind of forgive him. It's like you gave me a job. I'm going to try to get the Melganite down here. And frankly, nothing that Koenig did in this episode made me feel like he was in any way a qualified commander. Oh, no, again. his behavior was it was almost as bad. It was. I it mean, was. There, there's this fight going on between the two of them and. And it, it was like watching two children, you know, you know, wrestling over a cupcake. Yeah, there, it was like, all right, I, I, I'm not, I'm not defending um, Irish cowboy for repeatedly, basically ignoring his commander's orders. But considering how badly his commander behaves, I could forgive anyone for not following his orders. He inspires nothing. No, I, why would anyone follow Koenig? I don't get it. I, I I really don't. I mean, he's such a he's gotten so bad. He's worse. You would you would have thought that by this point, with everything that they've learned, everything that they've gone through, 
that he would have started to shape up into a pretty good commander given the situ- you know the circumstances they're under and we thought we began to see maybe hints of that at the end of last season but as we all know there's been some very strange time warp because now we're back in time and it's only been a year and a half that they've been out in space so so much for continuity yeah and and so i'm going to pull a couple of at least one, but one in particular comes to my mind. When the eagle is taking off and and Irish cowboy says something to the effect of, you know, it's the rock's still on board there. And Koenig practically decks him, shouting at him, you have a one-track mind with a Stone Age skull. Helena's on that eagle, and that rock's all you can think about. Get away from me! And he flings him off to the side. Oh yeah, that was that it's was like, the part that I just thought. Oh, this honestly, and that, that was, could you tell the difference between the Rock and Helena? Uh, oh, see, I can do it too. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, you know, sometimes oh, talk about it's the, stone it's the color. It's the color. <laughs> That's see, true. It, Hela can only There's glow one color. <laughs> well, yeah, the Rock's got the the Rock has more expression. It can change color. So it's cleverer than the Alphans. And it's more expressive than Dr. Russell. Right. <laughs> yeah, so, you know... Although, God forbid, you should take any... You should dehydrate that face. But here's the thing. Whoops, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't think that if that were Tony on that eagle instead of Helena, Koenig wouldn't have done that. No, that he would have sacrificed. That was his... That was his... I have an unreasoning love for Helena! Shout. That, that was his... I'll kill everyone on Alpha because they've captured Helena. Mm. Anyone else, he would sacrifice them to die instantly. Or how about, who the hell cares whether Helena's on board the Eagle? It's the Eagle! They're taking off with our only way to get off this planet. Yeah, that's kind of like the big one. Yeah, I'd be far more worried about that than Helena, frankly. Yeah, yeah, like, we need to Helena's get that ship back, otherwise we're not safe. getting yeah, otherwise we're not getting home. But but this is just Koenig's. I mean, they they have written, they have written. I think they've got a writer's guide that says Koenig has a blind spot whenever Helena is in danger, mm. and then he just. But but he says, um, he says later in the episode the most profound thing that ever came out of his brain, and um, let's see if I can spot it in my notes. Hmm, I can't, but uh, effectively what he said was maybe the rock feels threatened and maybe it's like people and it doesn't think too well. I'm thinking, mm. wow, that's summed up Koenig to a T. Threaten Helena and pfft, his brain just turns to jelly. Could so, be. I think that was supposed to be the profound moment in the episode. Why is this rock doing it? Because it's desperate. It's a desperate rock. Yeah, I could see that. You know, they could have solved this problem by just, you know, peeing on the rock. <laughs> they could have helped. It, could have helped. It, well, it certainly wouldn't have hurt. You know, it's like, look, I, I can help you here. They probably, probably one of them had to go off around the side of a rock and pee on another rock somewhere anyway, at some point during this expedition. So... You know, that was just wasted. That was just, just pure, pure wasted. I, okay, so, <laughs> why not? This episode's just d- 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 dire. Oh, oh, please. Dire. Did we, did we not mention that this episode's dire? It's, um, oh, very much dire. And watching it was like do or dire. <laughs> did you, uh, you notice the rock screamed when they lasered it? Yeah, I noticed that too, and that's probably the same reason, or that that explains this, uh, why um, uh, Maya was able to actually speak as a rock. It has vocal cords, or it can resonate or do some kind something to express itself. I think it flashes colors. I think it's interesting that Maya transformed into the rock. And okay, here's our opportunity to discuss the nature of molecular transformation. Oh, good luck. So Maya sees a horse. She's seen a picture of a horse from Earth. She then transforms into 
a horse from Earth, or 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 Doctor Russell, a, a war horse from Earth, and she looks exactly like the horse. She looks exactly like Doctor Russell. She looks like Doctor Jekyll. She looks like an old hag. Whatever it happens to be, that she transforms into. But what about her kidneys? Do her kidneys look like a human kidney? Is her heart? Is her internal organism? Has she? derived from these pictures of these animals their internal workings their internal workings is she a replica of that animal or is she a artistic representation of the animal that is a great question and if it's just an artistic representation which i think it has to be because we've seen her transform into things that she could not possibly have ever encountered physically, like a tiger, that she cannot know what it's like on the inside. And if she cannot know what it's like on the inside, how could she transform into a rock and communicate with it? When we have never heard it communicate, so she can't, there's nothing to mimic or sensed it communicating or whatever it does. So she just seems to have the innate property that suddenly I'm a rock. I can rock speak now. Well, keep in mind that we've also seen her turn into uh, animals of different size, which... There could be big mm, empty spaces in there. Well, uh, well, how about or little tiny or smaller animals? Like when she turns into the, 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 you know, the various different types of bird... In in metamorphosis, or, or the metamorph. Mm-hmm. Well, she turned into a beetle last week. She turned into a beetle. Yeah, we've seen her turn into a beetle, but we've seen her turn into, um, I think it was a dove. Uh, we see her turn into some kind of a, a like a falcon or a hawk yeah. or something. And yet, if she's really got that, if, if, she, if she's still maintaining her own mass, then there's no way that she would have been able to fly. That would seem perfectly reasonable. To me, it's almost as if this idea of the metamorph doesn't really pass muster. Wow. (laughs) I'm disappointed. You know, I can't watch this show anymore. (laughs) I wish. But, you know, so she can't. So she apparently innately figured out how to talk like a rock. But then the rock wouldn't talk back to her. And she's sure that it just was refusing to talk to her, not... That was her words. Yeah. Not, oh, I got it wrong. I wasn't actually talking to the rock. I just thought I was talking to the rock. But apparently, apparently when I transformed into the rock, I had a different rock dialect. I don't know. I I, I, I thought that was particularly bad. Um, I thought it was particularly bad. Uh, and, you know, in an episode that had a whole bunch of fun stuff in it. <clears throat> um, <laughs> mm. And then, you know, they don't kill Riley Dave wow to be honest that was my biggest surprise that he actually will live to see another day and uh, I think he's going to be a new member of the crew uh, oh god is he is, does he really come back I didn't look at his credit I think that there is another episode where there is a geologist with a hat but I'm not oh, yay. sure it's him, right? Or maybe it's him and a different mm-hmm. actor. I, I don't know. But I seem to recall another geologist with a hat. So, well, hey, how many geologists would they have needed on Moonbase Alpha? Well, a team of 20. Probably. Well, I, I wouldn't think that many, to be honest. Now, I mean, if, if we're going to go back and examine what the reason uh, for Alpha's existence was in the first place. I mean, it was it was a base, and they were handling uh, nuclear waste. You could have had a geologist for scientific research, assuming we hadn't researched out all the rocks on the moon, which we know are right. relatively uninteresting. Uh, Not entirely, but relatively uninteresting. And, um, uh, and maybe you would need a geologist for construction. Build here, don't yeah. build here. Fault lines, etc. So, I mean, I can see the, I can see the purpose of having a geologist or two or even three or four. But, well, yeah, I mean, I, I can sort of see that, especially if they wanted to examine uh, what the properties of the the moon rocks might have been in the areas where the waste was being stored. 
at you. Yeah, I mean, I could see that, and and again, if I remember right, wasn't um, Alpha also going to be like a launching point for a space expedition? Yeah, there was uh, going to yeah. be a rocket. Uh, a well, ship that was they had to... they were in space. Do- the spaceships were being built in orbit, but right. Alpha was training. I think I, I think it's wrong to characterize Alpha as just a nuclear waste dump. I think that's one of the many functions that Alpha had. I think I think that was. You know, probably how they paid for the, the rest of it. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, eh, we do this so that we can have a base and then train astronauts because they just had too many people up there that, that didn't really seem like it had anything to do with, with nuclear waste monitoring. So anyway, um, but my point is, is that it would make perfect sense if we'd see the same geologist more than once rather than having a new geologist every time we need a geologist on the series. So, um, but yeah, they, they, they didn't kill him off, which just surprised the heck out of me. Honestly, he was like, he had red shirt written all over him when, they Oh, he really did. And with that behavior, you would have thought that he would have been the first one to, or maybe not the, well, possibly even the first one, but you would, before they left the planet, you would have suspected that his number would have been up. I, the reason I thought his number would be up is because they come around a corner and there is this massive turd-shaped rock glowing, right? And the first mm-hmm. thing he does is he runs up to it, he puts his hands all over it, and he starts caressing it. Like, um, I'm thinking glowing means radioactive or very hot, not... Come caress me with your bare hands. Nah. Unless amalgamite is completely safe, glowing radioactive rocks. <laughs> and even still, I think I'd check it to make sure it was amalgamite and not some other not so safe, glowing radioactive rock. Um, that was. So, yeah, I mean, he, he deserved to die. He deserved to die right then. Oh, early on. He deserved to die before they even landed. They could have they could have zapped him. He could have been the zombie and Tony could have had something to do. But they had to have that stressful confrontation between you just care about the rocks and Dr. Russell or you know, everything else. I mean they kept they kept building that up, but it wasn't it really wasn't that big of a deal. Oh, you think I'm that way too. Like, well, uh yeah, but okay. Are you upset about it? Well, I'm just going to go. So that one was. Uh, Incidentally, Tony is killed. So says Dr. Russell. (laughs) Makes yet another misdiagnosis. (laughs) Another completely wrong misdiagnosis. (laughs) Wow. I mean, do they not have malpractice suits on that moon? They have no lawyers. That's what they didn't need for their nuclear waste disposal monitoring. They have no lawyers on the base. Mm. She's like, he's dead. Um, a few minutes later, he's got brain activity and all his organs are functioning. It's but his, his heart, heart stopped. So I'm thinking, okay, brain death. Except his heart, his brain's working. So, uh, but he, there's brain death because he's not breathing. He's not getting any oxygen flowing through his system because there's no blood flow. So none of the organs could be alive. But again, Dr. Russell, if they'd brought Dr. Matthias, it would have been a a more proper diagnosis. But uh, I think they went away to a, I think they went away to a commercial. He's dead. Commercial. No, wait, he's not dead. Kind of thing. Um, let's see. Koenig just being jerk. Let's see. This is my notes. Koenig being jerk. Koenig's jerk about the blood. Koenig's jerk about the the microscope. Um, oh, yes. Uh, the colors of the rock. We've seen it be yellow. And we've seen it be blue. Maybe blue is the death color. What's the death color? How do you know there is a death color? <sighs> Didn't they jump to that conclusion kind of... Just a little bit too soon. And I think we had, what, yellow, blue, green, and then finally red. Red is death! Red is death! Red is death! (laughs) 
that's the death color. Oh, I'm glad we guessed that, that there was going to be a death color. What other color would it have been except for black, mm. red or black? It had to be one of the two. Yeah, you know, and the weird thing is, is um, actually when we got to that one scene or as we were getting to it, it that was the part that I remembered from when I saw this years past. Like, oh, I, I this is the only part I remember. Red is death. Now, when uh, Tony brings a rock back to the um, eagle, the two pieces fuse together. And what's implied throughout the episode is that basically they're taking a chunk off the creature and they're moving it to another location and that they're going to get the whole rock. Yeah, get the whole thing in there. But apparently not, or maybe, I'm not sure, but the fact that the, the controlled... Irish cowboy just happens to stumble across a stray piece of the rock on the ground, nowhere near the real creature, and picks it up and takes it back to the eagle. Bugged me. It's like, is is that a creature that it can't tell that that's not part of itself? Apparently not. Because if it if it couldn't tell then there would have been no reason for it not to talk to itself when Maya was trying to communicate earlier. Like, what are you doing over there? Come back over here! Um, yeah, that actually, I, I, will, I will just say, that was another one of those situations where watching Space 1999 as a kid and watching Space 1999 as an adult, and now that I've put this in my mind... The fact that the rock was trying to merge with Maya was like, wow, there's another one. Just that had never occurred to me when I was watching this. Heck, even five or ten years ago. I guess I was more naive five or ten years ago than I am even now. So, Mm -hmm. but um, I'm surprised they got that past standards and practices. (laughs) It's trying to merge with Maya. Yeah. Uh, what else? Got anything else? I'm sure I've got other stuff. I'm just my notes are in such disarray. It's almost <sighs> like I took them based on this episode. I was a little uh, bewildered, you know. But this goes back to what you were asking earlier. You know, why all the supplies? I mean, wow, isn't it convenient that here is this uh, eagle mission that is going to the planet purely for the sake of getting Milganite, and yet they have nucleoid active crystals. Yes. Okay, I, we'll do one thing. Maybe, 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 because we don't know. We don't know how long the Eagle flight was. Maybe it was two months. Uh, I kind of doubt it. Well, I kind of doubt it, too. But in other words, that could explain why they had to have the big extra pods on the side to store all the supplies or extra fuel or whatever it took and they would have only used half of them on the journey out i mean i'm not saying it's a great explanation but there was no indication in this story at all what the travel time to that planet was true so it could have been a long journey which even more reason not to send every freaking major not your seniors not your senior staff no so that was one. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. So then there's more of Koenig being terrible. <laughs> Dr. Russell is on the eagle. Being it, incompetent. Being incompetent. It uh, shoots the green light. As she tries to go, it puts a green light in front of her. And so she's, Ooh, I'm not going to get that. And she tries to go the other way, and it puts a green light over there. And <clears throat> so she tells that to Koenig. Uh, that, well, she, she tells Koenig that it's got a green light now and it's something, and he's like, get out of there! Right? And so she tries to get out of there and it blocks her at every mm-hmm. turn. And she goes, John! And he goes, I told you to get out of there! <laughs> like, uh, dude, why did you, you know? Did you ever think that you're say? Yeah, I listened to her. Uh, there's a good chance that your girlfriend might be trapped. Yeah, there there could be a problem. That's why she went, John, in that plaintive, wailful voice that she's got when she's being pathetic. And 
it, it just and he did it another time too when she was still trapped he said I told you to get out of there okay door's locked it's got a ray beam on her she conveyed that to you I I, I really wanted to I wanted to slap him <laughs> I actually wanted to reach through the screen and slap him and say pay attention stupid head <laughs> He's he's being written so badly. Oh yes, and he is so overly emotional that that his emotions are just wiping out everything. Any any quality that Commander Koenig had that made him supposedly a good commander are just being completely ground under the heel of of we have to have a, an emotional bond between those two that's really strong and oh. Uh, uh. I don't like it. I don't. No, like it. I I don't like it either. And also, apparently, this rock tricked the computer. Yes, it brainwashed the computer or reprogrammed it. At one point, they said reprogrammed well, it's, the well, computer. My my, but my favorite part is, um, and I can't remember if it was Koenig or if it was Allen, but one of them said it did it, it brainwash the computer. Yeah. And if it had, then presumably it could have output, like, uh, text from the computer, and the computer could have said things like, bring water, or, hey, yeah. I need a lift to another planet, or It could have whatever. better communicated its needs, mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. I also think that the credible threat, well, the lack of a credible threat, when... And 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 my wife was watching this with us too. And when they talked about the first time they mentioned that it needed water, her first response was, "Human body's mostly water, isn't it?" And of mm-hmm. course, that came up in the episode later on when Maya pointed it out. Did you at any time ever feel like there was a threat that it was going to absorb the water out of any of them? Well, uh, yeah, really. In I mean, sure, it, it came to mind. But only because it the, the fact that they brought it up in that way uh, treated it as a smoking gun. Now, to be absolutely fair, I approached that as, and I don't know why, but when I when I fell into that little trap of thinking that oh there could be a threat to their livelihoods that this thing's going to suck the water right out of them of course i was assuming that you know or, or i i had mistaken the fact that space 1999 was supposed to be a good quality written show ah here you go see that was my error there it was yeah and then and then i was reminded oh no th- no this this is season 2 of a uh, of a really terrible show mm. so yeah forget that I also like the part where Coney's going to dump the rock and take off, and and Helena shouts, "For God's sake, John, don't go near it! It could kill you." Do you remember what his response was? Uh, actually, no. So good old age. Oh, that's right. So good old. I thought actually that was funny. <laughs> funny, but stupid. WTF? <laughs> yeah, like really. Um, <laughs> just. It's just like wow. Okay. I mean, this is. I know this episode's filled with a lot of that, just a lot of just unbelievable lines, some of the worst character writing ever. I mean, this 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 thing's a travesty. And then they point out the fact uh, that our our geologist guy basically says, "Well, there's you know tons of water up in the clouds and." Uh, is everything here shows signs that there should be water, but there's no water. What are we supposed to get out of that? Uh, that's a good question. I kind of wondered about that myself. N- not saying that the cloud systems of this planet have to be the same as as Earth, but clouds are precipitated, uh, 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 vaporized water, and... It kind of implies that the rock creatures just drank all the water that was on the surface. That's kind of what they were uh, saying. But we saw the rock creature beam a green light at the water jug, and then suddenly the water went flying across the room. Mm-hmm. Maybe it can't look up? 
Couldn't it have just beamed it into the clouds? Uh, and what does a rock do with the water? I mean, does it completely destroy the water? I mean, one of the nice things about humans is that we, you know, consume water and then we eventually output it again. It's sort of part of the cycle. Um, you know, in one form or another, water doesn't just go away because we drink it. It may become undrinkable, but it doesn't disappear. No, no, it doesn't. But yeah, that's a good question. What happens? You know, but then we're, we're talking about an organic rock that can glow and vocalize. Outsmart. <laughs> and outsmart humans. Although, to be perfectly fair, that last one, not hard to do. Okay. Let's, um, <laughs> let's try this one. One, they decide to laser Tony <laughs> because Tony hasn't shot anybody all day long. Right? Mm-hmm. Turns to Alan. Make sure yours is on stun because they're being real careful about Tony. And they shoot him and he dissolves. It disappears. Gone. Yeah. That was, um, must admit, that was unexpected. Not only was it unexpected, but... Actually, it's kind of dumb. Why did it happen? Yeah, it makes no sense, really. Why? The, well, that's what was unexpected. But yeah, why would that even happen in the first place? What, what? Think about it this way: What happened to him? He rematerializes in the eagle, and then he wakes up, and he's kind of not feeling well. No, but he's he's kind of snapped out of it. But he snapped also. Out of it. Couldn't they have just lasered him, and he falls over, and he could have woke up and snapped out of it? See, uh, see what I mean? What what did transporting him back to the eagle through teleportation accomplish? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, th- again, it's just another one of these story uh, little and bits that makes no sense. Something that this creature can do? Couldn't it have... Then teleport part of itself? itself to the... Yeah. I... You know, all it needed to get us, all it had to do then is to suck the water dry from the people to get it enough energy to teleport itself on board the. I mean, it must have some way of moving, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. The Horda, this is not. Oh, by no means, no. So that part of it was. was I, I don't know. And then. Because we didn't get the reaction that we should have got. Now, if, if Maya had. Well, for starters, Maya didn't really react that much when Tony was killed at the beginning. And she was upset. But, I mean, she Mm -hmm. wasn't, like, my boyfriend's just died upset. Right. And then they kill him again. This time, his body's dissolved in laser fire. She didn't didn't freak out there either. No. and There was no real emotional impact from that. No, there wasn't. Um, although, as far as she's concerned, her boyfriend's dead. Although she kept thinking that there might have been a chance to save him. Right. And uh, so, laser, laser trigger happy Koenig, um, the second uh, Irish cowboy wants to shoot at the rock, though, he's like flinging him around and beating him up. Remember that? Mm. And yes, it was kind of a stupid time for him to think I should shoot the rock while it's trying to talk with Maya. I agree. It was a stupid time. But honestly, considering how fast Koenig is with a laser these days, he'd have thought he'd been right in there with it. So double standard. Uh, definitely a double standard on that. And then here's mm. my next question. I love laser guns on Space 1999. I really do. Mm-hmm. I, think they're, I think they're cool. It's a cool looking weapon. Yes. Apparently, they don't shoot all four at once. Thank you. I noticed that as well. It's like, what are all those little turrets there for? I was like, like we're gonna now we're gonna use all four of them, but prior to that, no, we haven't, and it will only work after Maya tweaks it. Yeah, I didn't understand that, and it's now on dehydrate. I guess. Well, you're shooting a rock with a laser. In the past, you shoot the rock with a laser, bits of it chip off. So now you make it higher power and you shoot it and it dehydrates it. Yeah, well. Hmm. So that part was, um, uh, yeah. And let's see. What else do we have? Oh, yeah. I Maya got... was upset. 
I, I thought oh, that was yeah. an interesting scene where, where you know, Maya's like, Should, have you fixed the laser? Yeah, I fixed it. It could dehydrate it. it. It could kill it. And Koenig's response is typical. If it has to, it has to. I don't care. Let's shoot that thing. Kill it dead. I mean, he's, he's like that with every other alien. Why not? Mm. Um, so was it a nice touch when they made it rain at the end? It was meant to be, but was it is right. a good question. It, it was, yeah, that was, uh, the, and I, I will not say that even I put my comment there about the, just prolonging the creature's death. Um, my wife, that was, that was her comment. Uh, as when we saw that, she goes like, "Great, so it rains once, it lives for a little while longer, and then it dies." Yep. Yeah, because that's it's like there's apparently there's some kind of a drought, and uh, they've managed to yeah. This this just simply postpones the inevitable. And we're still unsure what it was really trying to do. Was it trying to get to Alpha to eat all the people, drink all the water, or was it trying to get to Alpha to get to another planet? I, we'll I, never know. Now we'll never know. Now. And I think it was meant to be, I think it was meant to be a nice little character moment where, you know, we saw that Maya was not happy about the prospect of killing the creature, which, you know, makes Maya a more sympathetic character. Yes. Uh, and then at the end, there's a solution that allows them, allows her to be kind to the creature or at least what appears to be kind to the creature in her own mind. And Koenig allows it. What, what was that line from a couple back? We're, we're so happy for the commander's um, hmm. indulgence or whatever it was that, that he allows us. So here it is again. And it's supposed to make Maya a likable character. But, and, and to point out maybe her... her you know how Mr. Spock was there to kind of tell us something about ourselves in right in, yeah it, he yes exactly what maya tells me is that everyone else on alpha is less human Koenig, than she is is less human than she is exactly she's an indictment against the 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 humans on the on the moon yeah she's she's more she's more human than anyone else on the base and Again, is this Fred Freiberger's interference or or influence like we had in the, I think it was the previous one, where Tony and Helena were putting the human point of view to John, who was taking the, now I have to kill him, attitude. And now it's just Maya in this one, but it it feels like, these moments feel like they've been stuck in there because... That's what you stupid people expect from your science fiction. Mm. That's what I've been told. I've been told that science fiction is about these little ideas, and I've put one in there for you. I, I feel like it's oh, we've had my numbers. We, we've had this discussion in some fashion or another, and that's I what's suspect made, every that's, time they do this, we'll yeah, have it again. I know, and and that's why science. Uh, that's why science fiction television. You know, and I hate calling it science fiction because it, it's it, technically it. I mean, I suppose in some aspects it is, but really, if you look at its heart, it's not. Um, that that's why it was so bad, and all for all for so many years because we we had people like you know like Fred Freiberger saying you know this this is what science fiction is supposed to be, and and then what they did, him, but yeah, but but they gave us something that was you know a little more than pablum. All right. Oh, do, why do they put the eagle in minimal power mode? I don't know. I, I have a theory. Dramatic lighting. Did you notice how dark it was? A little bit, but it didn't eagle? play. It didn't play as well. Could be because as, they didn't have enough power for the lights on the yellow well, rock. That, but again, you know, and th- this is one of the things that I noticed about the differences between year one and year two. Uh, with year one, they would do things like that, but they did it in such a way as it, it gave the scenery, uh, a really interesting, um, artsy atmosphere. They painted with light in the first season. Yes, they did. And we're not, I mean, not, again, we're not getting that here. I mean, in addition to the fact that, 
yeah, okay, so the first season felt like, you know, every episode was like dropping acid or something. You know, these episodes have been very straightforward, linear. There's there, there's no ambiguity about any of them. And to be honest, I think a little bit of ambiguity would have made this episode a hell of a lot better. <laughs> uh, well, they didn't touch on the ambiguity. What was The Rock trying to do <laughs> for, for reals? I mean, what was The Rock's ultimate goal? Was it just to go get the people on Alpha and suck them dry of water? Mm, who knows? I, I mean, I honestly do not know. Like talking to a rock. Yeah. Well, uh, oh, by the way, I think we mentioned this, All That Glisters, the title. Right. So I did a little, um, I did a little research on that. And that is, in fact, from the Merchant of Venice. Yes, I'd actually read that. Uh, that that was uh, Shakespeare, right? It's Shakespeare, yeah. but of course, everyone uses all that glitters is not gold. It's gold, yes. But the original was glisters, and mm-hmm. basically English has just moved on. Of course. So that was literally a pompous Shakespeare title put on this episode. Which was not needed. And was it? I mean, all that glisters is not melganite? Is that what we were going for? Yeah, I think so. It was more so. Yeah. Makes sense ways, to me. It's, it was more than Melkonite. Not as useful, but... but Anyway, because I think we were mocking the word. Uh, I don't remember if that was in the a previous episode or whether it was when we were talking after a previous episode. But in case it was in the previous episode, uh, all mockery aside, that is the original Shakespearean quote. That is part true. of it. Well, uh, Ben, thank you for joining me. It was a pleasure. <laughs> and you never had the great state of Texas on Sycan. That was, oh boy. that was. I wanted uh, to pinch his head off for that one. Yeah. Um, what do we got next, you know? Uh, well, for, for 19, Space 1999? Yes. Ooh, it, God, I can only guess. Journey to where? I have no idea. It's journey to where? I mean, I have no idea. I oh. mean, I, the t- title means nothing. Oh, really? Oh. Hmm. That's an interesting one. That's an interesting one. All right. Listeners, I hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. Cheers. Fusion Patrol is a Lone Locust production. Like us? Please consider becoming our sponsor at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. We'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Stop by and visit us at our website, fusionpatrol.com. Search for us on Facebook under Fusion Patrol. Check out our Twitter handle at Fusion Patrol. Or just send us an email at feedback at fusionpatrol.com. Please come join the conversation. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf.